And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Monday, December 4th. I am Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scher. We are brought to you by Underdog, and it is in-season tournament time. Two games today, two games tomorrow, a million on Wednesday, back to another two-gamer on Thursday, and another million on Friday, culminating in the finals on Saturday. Is this the best scenario for a week of games? No, but... The game should be competitive, played a little bit more like a first-round playoff series. I'm hoping that makes it a little bit better, but I would like to see a couple games, and I think Adam would like to have a couple more on this slate as well. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Follow us both on Twitter. Adam, how was your weekend? Um, It was fine. Uh, Saturday was decent. I had a 10K college football win, so made like, Four or five thousand on Saturday. That was nice. Managed to lose fifteen thousand yesterday. That was less nice. Yeah. But uh yeah, so glad to get back to basketball. I was gonna say, I feel like you probably hated college. Like if you don't pick if you just get second in that college football contest, the way that your Saturday went, which was basically sitting in first and nuking the college football slate for hours upon hours, it was just it had to be like such a painful slow trickle. Oh yeah, it sucked. And I had the same. It was the same thing as the Saturday before. Obviously, the Saturday before I got over it because I won basketball. But the Saturday before was um, I had like three top ten lineups on two different college football slates. Didn't win either tournament. An yeah. overtime game cost me like eight grand, and then I won basketball, so I didn't care. But um, yeah, also if uh, P Hanley's watching, sorry about that call getting overturned. Um, <laughs> he so he had I was in second and he passed me on an Alabama passing touchdown and I just stopped paying attention, but apparently they brought it back to the one and then my running back ran it in. So I ended up winning. So yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Friend of the program for sure. Um, yeah, you were just, you had that, uh, that Texas game early and hitting every single piece of it and just sitting in like first, third, fourth, seventh, eighth, yeah. 11th. And it was just like, okay, well, I don't have any. I had the best running back in the country in all of my Texas stacks and he did nothing. Meanwhile, I had nothing early. So I had like my currently winning was basically $0 the entire time. And I was like, it's just so weird. It's so hard to sweat those things when you're just like, I know I have a lot of things going. The chalk running back that went crazy was my most owned guy. But like he was later on in the day. I just like needed all of that to happen. I just felt like I was getting smashed while you were just running away with it for hours. Yeah. And then I'm just, I'm just sitting at the top like, all right, I know there's like six different 45% on running backs about to start. This is going to be painful. Yeah, but at least you picked up the dub. Um, no NBA yesterday, which is kind of a bummer. NFL was meh, I guess. Really ugly slate across the board. Just real, real, real big awfulness from, from top to bottom. Tyree Kill's really good, though. He, he is good. He's pretty damn good. Our commanders aren't. No. Uh, they're one game out of the three seat, uh, the, the third draft pick, though, so that's Ooh, nice. Be nice. Just close enough to not get someone good. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, if they get if they get the third pick, they get somebody good. But if they're fourth, it sucks. Well, they, I have no problem with them getting somebody good. But what they need is a franchise-changing quarterback. And that well, is probably not third. It, it depends where Harrison goes. Right. Like, the top three picks in some order are Williams, May, and Harrison. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. I would like Michael Harrison. Or, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I would like Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Uh, Don't know where I got Michael Harrison from there, but I would love Marvin Harrison. But it's also just like, okay, what do we do with that then? Yeah. I mean, it's another guy for how to throw in the quadruple coverage. Yeah. So can we, uh, how big of a tank do we need? Uh, They just need to pick up a game on the Cardinals. Okay. Because they have a tiebreaker with the cards. All right. So Pats are two and 10. Cardinals are three and 10. Wait, hold on. We're four now, now so we got to be fourth. Yeah. Patriots game, are two and ten. Game behind Panthers the are one and eleven. It's going to be hard to ever catch those two. Game behind the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's our only shot. Like, I don't think we're running. I don't think you could ever get into the top two now. No, no. You're th- three is the the hope. Yeah. Harrison would be fun though. Yeah. It just, I, I, so it just one, wouldn't matter. The one thing that would be nice with Harrison though is because, like, on paper, Washington has good receivers, but. As far as like data on separation and stuff this year, they have been garbage. So yeah. like, I don't know, maybe 
Powell actually just needs a real receiver. Oh, certainly not going to hurt. But right. if I'm him, I wouldn't want to be going there. I really wouldn't want to be going to the Cardinals either. So, or the Panthers. It would be cool to go to the Pats, but that's not happening. Two games, man. This stinks. Yep. I hate this tournament. I like the tournament. I just hate this mechanism. I don't like this scheduling setup. This seems illogical. But we're here. We got a lot to talk about because on a two-game slate, we got to talk about everybody. So I'm ready to get into it if you are. Yep. They need to trade McLaren for nothing? I mean, if they traded Terry McLaurin, they'd get what? Like a sixth round pick? It's the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think McLaurin has kind of uh, lost his value. Yeah, there's no... They wouldn't apparently terrible. If this were like the NBA and you were like, oh, they need to trade Terry McLaurin. It's like, all right, well, they're going to get like two firsts and two swaps. (laughs) Like, all right, maybe that'll help. They wouldn't... Trading him would just change nothing. You can't really like... You can't rebuild in the NFL like that unless you get the first pick in the draft and then you trade that for more picks in the future. Otherwise, you just don't get shit. You get lucky with one of those like Khalil Mack, Devontae Adams type trades or something. But even then. Did did you see his quote yesterday? Who's? McLaurin. No. Can't be uh, good though. Oh, yeah. He had like no catches or something. Yeah, he had, he had, right? he had no catches. He, his quote was, I ran a lot of cardio today. Oh, God. All right, Boston Celtics, five-point favorites in Indiana, 241 total. Just so for reference, the other game, New Orleans Pelicans, four-point dogs in Sacramento, 236 total. So we are getting to relatively uh, high-scoring potential games. No thanks to Boston, really. It's 24th in pace, but Indy being bad at D and fast helps. Kristaps Porzingis is out for Boston. Tyrese Halliburton is questionable with an upper respiratory infection. Have to assume he's playing. Um, And then Obi Toppin, questionable, left ankle sprain. No Jalen Smith as well. The Obi Toppin one is legitimately important and changes, as weird as it sounds, changes the entire scope of the slate if Obi Toppin is the guy that is out today. Yeah, and obviously the Halliburton news is huge too. Yeah, that one people can figure out. You wouldn't expect it to be for Obi Toppin, but we're going to start on the Boston side. This might be the easiest thing to talk about, but there are some intricacies for it. 30% ownership to Tatum, 35 to Brown, 45 to Drew Holiday, Derek White, and Al Horford. All of that makes perfect sense to me. These guys are in as good of a spot as you can get. 30th ranked defense for the Pacers, number one in pace. They're... We have no Kristaps Porzingis here. So, you know, a little bit more touches for all of the guys that are going to play 35, 36, Tatum upwards of 38 minutes. I like every one of those guys. They are all very viable and probably should be in 35 to 45% of your lineups at a minimum. Yeah, um, I'm getting to the five starters a ton as well. Drew Holiday is actually my highest owned guy on the slate right now. Uh, okay. 6,900 point guard, shooting guard on DraftKings, getting 45% ownership. I have about 79%. I have 53% on Jalen Brown, shooting guard, small forward at 8,200. So a bit over the field there. We have him going a little under-owned as well. 40% chance of being optimal at 35%. So happy to get to that. Uh, 43% Derek White, 41% Tatum. So right around the field on White, a little bit over on Tatum. Uh, We do have White going a little bit over-owned. 37% chance of being optimal at 47% owned. uh, But... Still, you know, clearly a good play, going to show up a good amount. And then I'm getting to 28% Horford. So uh, a bit under the field on him at 6,200. We have him with a 36% chance of being optimal at 45% owned. So not too surprised that I'm not getting to the field right now, but still getting a good amount. Uh, 0.89 DraftKings points per minute for the season for Horford. Obviously a good matchup against Indiana. Played 33 minutes last game. I think, you know, you're expecting similar playing time today. I'm a little bit under on every single one of these guys. But still, like, at least 20% to all of them in the 30s for three of them. I don't really have too much to say. I think Tatum looks the best at 10-1 and certainly, like, the guy that's most likely to play the biggest minutes here for Boston. Whatever you can get to, though, out of those five, like, they are overwhelmingly guys that you need to have a lot of. If you've got one that you like, let that be the guy that carries you through this. But I don't see a lot of separation between the five relative to salary. 
No, me neither. Um, like I said, ownership wise, I'm getting a lot of holiday. I'm getting, yeah, you know, a good amount of Jalen Brown, but as far as just relative to salary projections, I don't see, you know, a lot that looks different. It is notable. Uh, we have, we have actually more ownership projected to come into Derek white than drew holiday, uh, by a little bit, but we have holiday projected like three fantasy points ahead of white for $300 more. So I think that's one reason why I'm just getting so much drew right now. Sure. Yeah, I've got Drew by two fantasy points. It's $300 more expensive. Same eligibility. It really helps Boston to have all of those guys have MPEs. And that is just really helpful on this two gamer. You'll see on the Indiana side, like Halliburton is point guard only. For him to, like, if he picked up shooting guard, would be massive for him. Here's where we get into some weird stuff. Because this is a two game slate. We have to have these conversations. What is viable from the Boston bench? Sam Hauser is 4,500 shooting guard, small forward. He's getting 8% ownership. Delano Banton is 3,300 point guard, small forward. He's getting six. Pritchard's barely getting any ownership. Do we try to figure out, do they run one center? Do they run as a backup? Do they run two centers as a backup? Both are value type plays at no ownership. All all they need is a little bit of foul trouble to Al Horford, and they have to go to one of these guys. Probably Cornette. What do we do with the non-stars from Boston? I'm not getting to any of them. I think that in larger field stuff, they're certainly viable just because it's a two-game slate and there are ways this game can break where they are useful. Uh, Hauser, shooting guard, small forward. You know, I think he's the one you're the most confident in his minutes, but he's already up to 4,500, getting 8% ownership. I only have like 1%. Um, He's the only Boston bench guy that I have at all. But to your point... In their last game against the Sixers, Teta played 10 minutes. Cornette played eight, seven and a half. Cornette only played in the second half, didn't play in the first half. If Cornette were to, like, if Teta weren't in the rotation and Cornette just plays 14 minutes behind Horford, at 3,700, he ends up looking okay. But I don't think you can project that to be the case. We have him projected for like eight draft, eight or nine DraftKings points. Um, Pritchard's going to play, you know, probably upper mid to upper teens he got the 23 last game but um upper teens is probably a pretty good guess but he's 4200 not a very good point per minute guy uh only getting three percent ownership you know if holiday or white or somebody gets in foul trouble maybe you get more pritchard um but i'm not getting to these guys right now i'm just yeah. getting cheap value elsewhere same i got the two percent sam hauser none of the two backup centers none of peyton pritchard none of delano benton um, the center situation is the most interesting to me, but there's not, I don't think there's going to be anything that we can do with it. If one of those guys just happened to get ruled out, I'd feel great about it because they just don't have other bigs. I don't, I mean, like in theory, I guess if you go to OB Toppin at the five for Indy, you could probably get away with Jason Tatum at the five if something happens to Al Horford, but um, it's not, it's really not appealing. It's the main five dudes and then cross your fingers if you're trying to take anybody else. They're like the exact opposite of Indiana where it's like, oh, shit. Even guys that aren't projected to play look like decent plays for the Pacers because it's just like all the same dude, whereas Boston's sort of the exact opposite. It's like play the five guys that are all-star caliber basketball players and then probably run away from the rest of them. Not fun. Not fun. Anything else you want to hit here? Um, Horford's played three games now where Tatum and Brown have been in, but Porzingis has been out. Um, 31.4 minutes per game, 1.28 DraftKings points per minute. You know, obviously it's only three games, um, not doing anything special in terms of rates, but kind of just contributing everywhere. 13.8% usage rate, 16.5% rebounding percentage, 17.5% assist percentage. All right. Well, let's keep this one moving. We're going to talk a little bit about the schedule for the rest of the day. We got a bunch of shows still coming up. NHL strategy show. That'll be up at 2 p.m. It's like a five or six game NHL site. Pour one out for the NHL peeps, man. Um, In-season tournament plus Monday night football. Are the contests always 10K to first or something for NHL? It looks sad. I was like, I might play NHL. It was gross. It was just gross. It's usually 20. I was like, I'll I'll play some NHL tonight since there's only two NBA games. I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time playing this. Uh, NBA deeper dive. Adam and I will be back at 530. Hopefully we'll have acquired some more news on Tyrese Halliburton and Obi Toppin at that point. And then NBA Live Before Lock will go from 6.30 to 7.30. 
at which point we'll then turn it over to NFL Live Before Lock for Monday Night Football. They'll go from 7.30 until 8.15-ish. Also, you guys need to sign up, not sign up. You guys need to go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Download our avatar, our logo, whatever you want to call it. Assign it to yourself on DraftKings or FanDuel or wherever you're playing, Owner's Box, Yahoo. If you finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 entries, you will get one free month of whatever stochastic package you are looking for. It's like a $200 value, and it costs you absolutely nothing. The only thing we ask of you is to tweet that victory at StochasticHOF so that we can promote you, you can help promote us, we could all promote each other, but it costs you nothing. Totally free. Download that. Lo- like You don't have to have a sub. You can download our avatar. You don't have to be subscribed to Stochastic, but if you just want to support us, that gives you the chance at getting in the door with a free month. All right, Pacers. They have nine guys at least 10% owned. Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, and Tyrese Halliburton are all around 10% owned. We'll have a conversation about McConnell in a second, who very well might not play. Uh, Aaron Neesmith, Nemhard, Matherin, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, and Obi Toppin are all in like the 30 to 50% range. Let's start with Halliburton, 10,900, questionable, 13% owned, but he is expensive. So expensive, in fact, that Tyrese Halliburton is $800 more expensive than Jason Tatum and is the most expensive player on today's slate. I have 36%. I'm guessing our optimal rate is higher than the ownership right now. I can't tell you because my computer is frozen and I can't see anything on my screen. So perfect. Um, I'll look that up for me. Yeah, I'm trying to get that back up, but uh, I can't do anything right now. So as I look at it right now, optimal rate on Tyrese Halliburton, 20.3% ownership, 129 I think the ownership is being held down a little bit by that Q tag. I'm getting to a lot of Halliburton because I think his ownership is just slightly depressed for where it will be. Is it a good matchup for him? No, it is not. It is probably the worst matchup that he could have. And yet, I will happily pay up for him if I can. Agreed. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Okay, so since you don't need to be looking at any of the optimal rates for this one, let's have a little bit... Can you you access anything? Um, I'm getting back into everything now, but no, I couldn't. Obi Toppin is questionable. And we already know that Jalen Smith is out. Miles Turner is going to be good for something around 30 minutes, and we could have that discussion in a bit. But at least in these past two games without Jalen Smith, they are running Obi Toppin at the five as the as a part-time backup center with Isaiah Jackson getting minimal minutes. How do we feel this breaks? What happens here if how, how do you want to project Isaiah Jackson, who's a fantastic per minute guy, not really seeing the minutes you would expect? Um, how do we want to project Obi Toppin? And then what? how much Isaiah Jackson do we get if we happen to lose Obi Toppin? Yeah, I mean, if Toppin's out, Isaiah Jackson starts to look really good because, uh, like you said, it's just you need him to play those backup center minutes even more uh, at, at that point. And he's only 3,800. So, like, if Toppin's in, Jackson's kind of interesting in tournaments just because, you know, if he does play both halves and plays 16, 17 minutes, he'd look pretty good. There's just no guarantee that happens. Uh, if Toppin's out, though, it becomes a lot more likely and he looks really good. Toppin getting those backup center minutes is valuable. Uh, 5,200 power forward center. I'm getting to quite a bit of him, I think. Um, yeah, I have, fi- I have 50 of Toppin right now. I don't know. Um, I was getting there. Now it's, I kind of lost it. But, um, yeah, I was getting there, assuming he's in. Played 34 minutes last game. He's going to look good at that price tag, even though the matchup sucks, you know, with there only being a two-game slate. Yeah. It's just a very weird dynamic whether or not he is in. I assume that Isaiah Jackson was just going to go, like, straight up grab, start grabbing 18 minutes a night. And, like, they were doing everything they can to not play him as the straight backup center. Did he get hurt last game? Uh, that's a good question. Don't know. That's the one thing we're missing in all of these like uh, rotational gimmicks yeah. that we go to check. Like, w- I need an injury designation. I just I feel like I vaguely remember him getting hurt, but that could have been like weeks ago. It feels weeks ago to me. I don't remember it. 
doesn't mean it didn't happen for sure. Uh, as I look at Indiana, that was the second. So that would have been Saturday. Oh, then I definitely have no idea. I didn't play Saturday sleep. So no clue there. <sighs> How do you feel about Turner here? 7K, center only, 40% owned right now. You feel like this is the type of game they're going to give him an extra minute or two? Yeah, you would think. Um, I'm getting the 31% right now. Uh, just to double back, I have 53% Toppin and 2% Jackson at the moment. Okay. Um, That's basically where I am. Yeah. Kind of surprised I'm not getting more Jackson because we do have him with a 12% chance of being optimal at 5% owned, but uh, that's still not getting me there. Um, I'm getting 31% Turner, so a little bit under the field. Definitely the type of game where I would expect Turner to play a bit more, especially because they don't have his actual backup. Yeah. Yeah, you would think it. I don't like, I just don't know how Indiana ever stops Boston if they go to Obi Toppin at the five. Or like that, I think they just have carte blanche to score on every single possession. Um, so I don't have much to say there for like Halliburton, I think speaks for himself. I don't think we have a ton to add there. I think we've touched on this center situation. The other guy that I want to touch on right now that just stands out to me, that is unique. $3,400 TJ McConnell pulling 14% ownership. I will have none if he's 14%. I'm not confident he plays a single second today. Can he? Sure. Doesn't have to. Yeah, I have zero right now. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why he would be getting ownership. It doesn't appear that they want him in the rotation. He has missed two of the past four games. One game that he played 25 minutes in just so happened to not have Tyrese Halliburton. So that's probably not the sample you're looking for. But on November 30th, TJ McConnell at full strength, minus Jalen Smith, was not a part of this rotation. So I hope he's 14% owned. That would be great. I mean, he, they, he, he can't. We have him projected for five fantasy points. I don't think he can be 14% owned. It helps that he's TJ McConnell, I think, on this slate. He's like the most natural cheap guy that random people will click on. Yeah, but there's not that many random people. I agree. I agree. I don't think it'll be 14% either. Um... I just wanted to point that out because it was a relatively high number. Neesmith, Nemhard, Mather, and Brown healed. The floor is yours. Uh, who do you like the most? Who do you like the least? This is a, a very interesting group of players because the matchup sucks, but this is a really nice value opportunity, even if they aren't good value plays. Yeah, the value guys are the ones I'm getting to a lot here. 75% um, Bruce Brown at 54% owned. 5,600 point guard, small forward. The positional eligibility is just really what's getting him into lineups. Uh, I'm getting to 67% Aaron Neesmith, which feels absolutely disgusting. But uh, in that game on the 30th that you mentioned, you know, he played 22 and a half minutes. He's not expensive at 4,300. So I'm getting there. Field's getting the 43%. So it's not like I'm, you know, too crazy. Uh, Nemhard showing up 59% for me. Field's at 52%. Point guard, shooting guard, only 4,100 in that game with Halliburton on the 30th. Uh, Nemhard played 22 off the bench as well. So, you know, 22, 23 minutes from these guys against Boston, generally you wouldn't be interested, but with it being a two-game slate and them being inexpensive, I'm getting to a ton. I have 81% Andrew Nemhard. Yeah, it sounds great. My, my four <laughs> like, highest... It's only, like the ninth most important person on the Pacers. I have four Pacers higher than 50% right now, and they are Bruce Brown, Aaron Neesmith, Andrew Nemhard, and Obi Toppin. I have it at Aaron Neesmith, Andrew Nemhard, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, and Obi Toppin. Yeah. And that's and I have 45% Matherin, so he's doing his best to get into that group. Who do you think looks the worst of those five like non-stars, non-centers? Including Matherin? Yes. I mean, I'm getting to Matherin the least. Okay. I'm getting to healed the least. Oh, he wasn't in the group that you just asked me. Smith, Matt, Nemhard, Matherin, Brown, and Heald. They were that was the five. I thought, I thought it was Toppin instead of Heald. No, um, I'm getting said non-centers. I have three percent Heald. Okay, yeah, I have twenty-nine, so I'm still getting there. Probably just because he's twelve percent owned. That's one place to get different. But at sixty-five hundred, he is already priced uh, to the tippy top of his abilities. Yeah, he's uh, he's not the same level of value play that these other guys are. Um, he projects. We have him projected just behind Bruce Brown, and he's nine hundred dollars more. Uh, clearly, he's projected higher than Toppin and Neesmith and Matherin and yeah. Nemhard, but he's also a lot more expensive. Is Bruce Brown just like the easiest guy to play for Indiana? Uh, I think so, yeah. 
Yeah. You can play him at pretty much every position. Yeah. There's a reason he is the highest owned dude on the Pacers right now at 50 something percent. Point guard, small forward, 5,600. Certainly not the guy that's going to like lose minutes in this type of game. Like they would, they need some kind of Bruce Brown type dude out there to try and slow down someone that has the basketball. Yeah. So uh, I think Bruce Brown will get a, a decent enough chunk of work there. One thing I do want to point out, circling it back to Obi Toppin, if that dude happens to be out, not only do we free up Isaiah Jackson to become a really nice value, but I assume Aaron Neesmith then becomes like the highest owned dude on the slate. Yeah, Aaron, if Neesmith's moving into the starting lineup in place of Toppin, he's going to be extremely popular. And like he's going to be popular anyway, but yeah, even more so. Yeah, he's already 43% uh, without that. If you right. start projecting Neesmith for like 28 minutes in that, starting power forward role, it is going to be quite a bit higher than 43%. Does it open I up didn't ex- Mora or Jarris Walker? Probably. Um, does it open up McConnell? It could. That's It opens up someone, which is not helpful analysis for anybody, but <laughs> Someone steps into that rotation and they kick people down the line. My guess is Wara would be the first guy up. And then McConnell and then Walker. Ben Shepard's been... Actually, not that That was just garbage time. Wara is the only one that's like stepped into anything real. Ben Shepard played in the first half last night. Three and a half minutes? Yes. Yeah. Which and again, no Halliburton. Anybody else. No Halliburton, though. Yeah, no, that's I know. A, I'm just, that's I was a just different saying game. Like, he actually stepped on the floor in the first half of that game. He also yeah. played one minute in the first half against the Blazers on the 27th. Yes, he did. Lots of, I didn't think that I would have as much exposure to the Pacers just given the way that this matchup is set up. Horrifying defense to go up against, not a great pace, and yet it's Pacers season today. Yeah, I mean, I do not like it, but no. I think it's yeah. just like they're kind of the only team that has relevant pieces priced in this range. The saving grace to this matchup. Oh, shit. I'm knocking stuff over. The saving grace to this matchup is that it's in Indiana. Because if this were in Boston and they were like 11 point favorites, it would look bleak. I mean, those guys could get garbage time, though. It kind of would look better. Yeah, that's true. Oh, God. But I mean, I think like really the reason these guys are showing up, it has nothing to do with the matchup. It has nothing to do with them. There's not. There's no, there aren't players that are relevant in this four to five K range on the Kings or on the Pelicans or on the Celtics. That is very true. Anything else for the Pacers? No. Alrighty, folks. Underdog is the sponsor of this video. They've asked me to ask you to hit the like button if you can do it. That will help us out a ton. They also want you to simply just sign up at Underdog. Link in the description or in chat. You can get a first match deposit bonus up to $100. Put in $100, get $100. These are always the best situations you can find. Take advantage of deposit bonuses. You get pick em contests if you're in non-legal sports betting states where you could 20x your money. Daily fantasy contests, standard issue, large field GPPs. Best ball for NFL, NBA. Everybody loves best ball except for me, but uh, if you're looking for best ball, Underdog is the place to do it. And then playoff drafts for NBA, NHL, some of the PGA majors. It's a great spot. You can also take advantage of a free square for today. Trevor Lawrence over or higher or lower than 0.5 total yards. I think you're going to feel pretty good about going to the higher side of this one. Are the limits a little bit smaller on these free squares? Yeah, of course. But who doesn't like free squares? This just makes it more likely for you to cash a card so make sure you're using it. Even in incremental stakes, you, you just want to slowly build up that bankroll. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, New Orleans Pelicans, four-point underdogs in Sacramento, 236 total. Not a lot of ownership coming in here. No Larry Nance, no Matt Ryan. 28% ownership coming into Brandon Ingram. Let's just say 30 to Ingram, 30 to Herb Jones, 30 to Joe Val, and 20 to Zion. 
very little to everybody else. 10% to CJ McCollum could be a, a thing that we want to talk about. This team does not look very good today from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, still getting to them clearly because it's two games late, but not at the same level I was getting to Boston or Indiana. Uh, 33% Joe Val is my highest owned guy here, just ahead of the field. 6,800 is a pretty nice price tag there. Still no Larry Nance. So uh, you've been getting a little bit more playing time from Joe Val on average this year. Uh, in their last game, he played 35 and a half minutes, almost 36 minutes. That was a game. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, Zion was in that game. Um, Zeller, you know, just played 12 minutes as the backup. So uh, the playing time has been nice for Joe Val. 6,800 looks good. Happy to, you know, be around the field there. Herb Jones, my next highest tone guy at 29%, which is also pretty much in line with the field. Uh, then there's a drop-off for me. You know, the field's still getting to Ingram at 28%. They're getting to Zion at 22. I'm only getting to 17% Ingram, 5% Zion. I'm just getting to more of the Celtics than Ingram and Zion in this price range. Um, McCollum at 8K, pulling 10% ownership. I have 15, so, or sorry, I have nine, so I'm right around the field. I'm not getting a lot of anything here. Uh, I have like 1% Alvarado at 3,800. Certainly somebody that you can throw in lineups here or there, but I don't have any confidence in him. The only guy that I'm neutral to is Herb Jones. You're on the road the rest. Yeah. 15% BI, basically 15 of Joe Val, 2% of Zion, which feels incredibly uncomfortable. This feels like a pretty good Zion game. Uh, shouldn't meet a ton of resistance from Sabonis at the rim. I thought I would have a little bit more here, but instead I'm just getting to all of the Pelicans, which feels, or all of the Pacers, which feels so great. Yeah. And, I, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm neutral or I'm mostly with you. I'm neutral on Joval Jones and McCollum, but I'm under on Ingram, Zion, every, everybody else. Do we want to hit on chat here with the mental gymnastics you have to do to classify Luca as a point guard, but not Nikola Jokic? I mean, Luca. I think being classified as a point guard is much more reasonable than Jokic. Is it? Yes. I mean, he's listed like he's listed as a point guard on dunks and threes. Sure. Why? Because he runs the offense. I guess. I guess. So does does Nikola Jokic not do that? Right, but Jokic is playing in the five, like clearly. He's defending the five clearly. Right. I don't care where people are listed on their depth chart. We gotta we we can't just immediately be like, well, that guy dribbles the ball a lot, so that me must make him the point guard, and then we just ignore size. We're okay with saying that six, whatever, seven, Luca, however tall he is. Okay, that could be the point guard, but you can't be the point guard at seven feet tall. That's nonsense. Luca's not a point guard. He just isn't. He just isn't. You are what you guard. If you want to make it so that you can understand positions in the easiest way in the NBA, who do you guard? That's going to be the guy. That's going to be your position. Yeah, well, Luca doesn't guard anybody, so. Well, guards people better than Tyrese Halliburton does. That what position true. is that, then? Uh, it's just weird. We we hit these classifications like they matter. And it's just very, very weird to do it. Uh, interesting you saying Halliburton there. I said SGA. Yeah. Well, it's also... Uh, Gentleman named Steph Curry that would have a conversation. Also, probably not a point guard to me, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. SGA is having the best year of any point guard. He is quite good. I don't necessarily believe in his current defensive EPM. Uh, not Which that I'm pulling it up yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's why Halliburton was my immediate answer. Like, if you're just talking running the offense, it's Halliburton. Yeah. But yeah, like the the distinction of of position is just so weird. There comes a there comes a size point where no one will agree that you could just like you can't just like Luca is listed at 6'6, 218. I think he's actually a little bit bigger than that, but that was just what's on dunks and threes. No one would ever call Luca that back in the day. It's like calling Magic Johnson a point guard. It's like, was he? Or was he like a four that could dribble the ball and pass? Is LeBron a point guard? Is he a power forward? Like these positional de designations suck. Luckily, they got rid of them for all NBA. You don't have to care about it, that shit at all anymore. So now it's just the 15 best players, if you want it to be. I would love to know what makes Luca better than Halliburton, though. It to who? Uh, John P said Luca's better than Halliburton. Thanks for playing, Adam. They were like the same offensively last year, and Halliburton is shitting on him this year. I don't really know how Luca's just better. I would take 
Luca before I took Halliburton. I think you would too. I would take Halliburton. And, and like we're pick, we're playing a game, or you're drafting a team. You're take, you're gonna take Halliburton before yeah. you take Luca. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna take Luca. And it's mostly a usage thing. The defense is terrifying me too. <laughs> Not that Luca is uh, good, but again, yeah, you can't make bigger. up for size. You, like, there comes a point in time where you just have to be bigger. Uh, I'm very like we need to get Indiana into the playoffs to see what Halliburton can do against a team that's yeah, going a to stupid ass playoff argument game plan. Wait, what? Luca's played in the playoffs and Halliburton hasn't. Yeah. I want to see what Halliburton looks like against a scheme. Sure. I'm very curious to see it, but I'm like, we're obviously quibbling. I obviously love Halliburton as well. It's not the way that I'm saying any of this, but yeah. <laughs> S&P, yeah, you, you might have raised the bar of Halliburton fans. Yeah, and like the playoff, what Halliburton's going to look like in the playoffs is definitely a fair argument. Um, I hate the idea that somebody's better because they have played in the playoffs. Like, yeah, Halliburton hasn't played on the Mavericks. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what Halliburton is over these next couple of years as they get better. I really want to see it. He, he might third end up... best offensive players so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's even in the conversation with Jokic is craziness to think about. He might get beat like a drum like if he goes up against the wrong pick and roll team yes. in the first round playoff series, it might like if they would somehow play the Bucks and the Bucks finally start running Dame Giannis pick and rolls, boy, Vey, it's gonna go real bad for Tyrese Halliburton. He's gonna look like he's in a washing machine. He's just gonna be everywhere and he's gonna have no idea where that damn ball is. He's just too little. Like he's just he's got a really frail frame and it's hard to fight through any of that kind of stuff. Is there anything that we're missing here for the Pelicans? Like, do we want to have a conversation about CJ McCollum's minutes from his most recent game and whether or not he's just like a giant wild card at 8K? The game against San Antonio? He played massive minutes. 38, yeah, 38 minutes. Which, I don't know about you. I didn't see that one coming. Did not expect that. Um, we have. Is there any reason? Like, if he goes out there and plays 38 minutes again in a in an in-season tournament playoff, you know, playoff style game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we only have him at 34 right now. I think you could, and even at that, we have him going on their own. So I think you could certainly make a pretty strong case for him. It is weird. Like I didn't really get to him. I went 35 minutes. I just don't really know how to, I should probably just project him for 36. Like I think he's going to play. If he can play 38 in a game that doesn't mean Dick uh, stands to reason he could play a little bit more today. Do you think there's any situation where Trey Murphy gets a giant increase in minutes? What did he play? He played played 22 last game. Sat the back to back. Right, sat the back to back. Yeah. Um, I, don't I went 24. They, yeah, I don't. I don't know where like a ton of minutes would come from. They would. They would have to excise someone from the rotation. Is my guess. Right. Like that. And they're already doing that. I think. You've got the minutes that go to Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, Najee Marshall, and I'm going to add Jose Alvarado for right now. I already think that one of those guys has to not play. Otherwise, you're in 11 dudes. Right. Yeah. And if they, to get anyone else any additional minutes, I really feel like you have to lose someone else and go to nine. Was Alvarado out on the first? Yes. DNT? Okay. So we can't take anything from that. No. Um, one the, I, I, I did this exact exercise on the process where like, fuck, did he play? Was he right. hurt? And then I'm searching injury reports. I was like, all right, he's questionable. Now I got to search a different one further down the line. But one interesting thing from that rotation on the first is that Najee did not sub into the game until the nine minute, 55 second mark of the second quarter. He also did not play at all in the third quarter. Um, he played the final 10 minutes and 20 seconds of the game in a not super competitive game, but the, those rotations are scary. Like they kind of just look like they could disappear. Yes, I agree. I don't like, we're not going to go to Zeller. The minutes for Dyson Daniels and price make it impossible. I can't imagine going to Jordan Hawkins. Like 
the Pelicans are like the exact opposite of the Pacers in that all of their bench dudes look terrible. Yeah, that's what I was saying when we talked about the Pacers. There's just not – Herb Jones is 5,400, but like there's just not guys in that price range that are actually playable on this team. Yeah. Hawkins and Daniels are priced up from multiple guys being out at various points. It's just pretty gross. It's pretty gross. I don't like not having a lot of this – Sack or of, of this Pelican side because obviously they're getting a good matchup. Herb Jones is not the guy that I'm trying to get in a matchup against the Kings, yet here we are. And then we get to the Sacramento Kings. No uh, questionable tag on Chris Duarte. Alex Len is out. 40% ownership coming to Malik Monk, 30 to the Barnacle of the Bay, 15 to 20 on Trey Lyles, Kevin Herter, and De'Aaron Fox. Sub 10 for 10% to a $9,900 DeMontis Sabonis. Let's start with Fox. $9,600 point guard, 19% owned. I'm 2Xing the field here. Is he getting slept on? I'm getting 11%. So Okay. No. Not, like, I don't I don't think so. Um, yeah. I get, like, he's a good play. He's 9,600, 19% owned. Uh, if you can get there, great. But I'm having trouble with it. Uh, this is another team where I'm getting to the cheap pieces a lot more than the actual good pieces. Yeah, we'll talk through some of those cheap pieces in a second. I got the 42% Fox. I'm more than okay with that. It is probably coming at the expense of Zion and BI on the opposite side, but how much uh, how much Drew did you have? 35. Oh, okay, that's our difference. Yeah. I don't really have much room for Fox when I'm playing 80% Drew. That's true. That's and I also that's have Drew. Halliburton. And I had 30-something of him as well. So I am getting to Fox. He's my most exposed Kings guy. That makes me feel good. Uh, my second most exposed Kings guy is the Barnacle of the Bay, Harrison Barnes. Uh, sure. I don't really have much to add there. Yeah, he's my second highest on Kings guy also. I'm getting 39% fields at 27. We have him going slightly on their own. Um, 5K, small forward, power forward. Again, like guys in that price range that are going to play actual minutes are just extremely useful on this slate. 43% ownership coming into a $5,700 point guard, shooting guard, Malik Monk. Keegan Murray is back for this team. I feel like a little bit too much Monk at that price. My highest on guy from this guy, 49%. I don't think it's crazy, but I think it's sort of like a function of the ownership keeping him in lineups. What do you mean? Like now that Murray is back, his path is just cloudier than it has sure. to be. Yeah. And I don't like his price is sort of, at the top of what it's ever going to be for this type of scenario. Surprised to see him getting as much love. Like, is Malik Monk really that much better of a play than Kevin Herter today? 18% on Kevin Herter right now. $200 more expensive, doesn't have the MPE. Certainly a worse per minute dude. Yeah, I mean, we have Monk projected two points higher for 200 less. I have him a tenth of a point higher right now for 200 less. But somewhere in that neighborhood. It is interesting to see that dynamic. We, and we have them projected for similar minutes, 26 and a half for Monk, a little over 27 for Herder. Yeah, so that's where my gap is bigger. I've got 29 and 25 Herder to Monk. But yeah, it I is, to me, like, those two dudes are very interesting just coming out of Sacramento. Yeah, and for what it's worth, we do have Herder going a little bit under-owned, 18% uh, ownership, 22% chance of being optimal. We have Monk going a little bit over-owned, 42% ownership, 39% chance of being optimal, but yeah. um, still, you know, the highest optimal rate on the team. Sure. And I do think Monk is a better play, but just like seeing the relationship between those two guys on their same team is it doesn't take much from Kevin Herter playing well to like not have Monk get the extra minutes you're hoping for. Right. And and for what it's worth in the game that Murray came back, you did get 28 minutes from Monk. Sure. 24 minutes out of Murray, correct? Yep. I went 28 for today. I don't think there's anything stopping him from getting more or less or whatever, but yeah. I don't, that felt like the right range. Yeah, we're just back to what the Kings were, you know, before Murray's injury, where the closing lineup is Fox, Sabonis, and three guys out of Herder, Murray, Barnes, Monk. Yep. Lyles, too, I guess, could probably sneak his way into that conversation now. Yeah, he could. I doubt it, but, like, he wasn't around when that was happening before. Right. I think he's a distant fifth in that group. So do I. He's got to be shooting the lights out. 15% owned, $4,300 Trey Lyles. Uh, I'm guessing you're getting to him since you said you were getting to the shitty guys. I have 16%. I didn't get any. 
I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I don't mind it though. I think it's just, again, at least he's a functional player in that price range that just opens some stuff up. This like, is a very with, unique center slate. We have him with a 16% chance of being optimal with a 17 fantasy point projection. I think just speaks to like how few options there are in that range. Yeah, right now there's nobody below him. Like Obi Toppin's 5,200. Of all the guys that have center eligibility, Obi Toppin is 5,200. Below that, only Trey Lyles gets double digits in ownership. He's 4,300, 15% owned. The other guys that are potential center plays today, JaVale McGee, Isaiah Jackson, Luke Cornett, Cody Zeller. I already forgot how to say his name. Nemius. Kata. I, I think, I think we Kata. figured out it wasn't that, but whatever. Um, it's Kata. Do you see, like, unless we get no Obi Toppin, I really don't see a path to playing McGee, Jackson, Cornette, Zeller, or Kata. Yeah, I don't either, unless it's just, which, and, and this is completely reasonable in your you know 100k to first tournaments on a two game slate unless it's just like hey let's hope somebody rolls their ankle and i get really lucky i don't know what the path is same same i have essentially all of my center exposure to turner joval horford and toppin that is 162 percent i have three percent Sabonis, two to Zion, nobody below Obi Toppin. I just have those four guys. And basically just three guys. I only have 17% Joval. Yeah, I mean, I have, I had like 30% Joval, 30% Turner. What do we do? What do we do with an 8% owned DeMontis Sabonis? Uh, I'm playing less than that, I think. It's so am I. I, I, I have 3%, 3%, but like that feels so incorrect on a two games late. It's, I think it's just, a matter of it being difficult to get to that price range. Like you're because the, um the Celtics have so many good mid range guys. I think it makes it difficult to pay up. Like I'm not, like I said, I'm even having trouble getting to a lot of Fox, which you're not, but that goes back to the Celtics. Like I'm just playing so much drew. I'm playing a lot of Derek white. Um, and then yeah. also like you're playing Jalen Brown and Tatum a good amount. So I'm just finding it difficult to get to nearly 10 K Kings. Yeah. Like, 10-1 is Jason Tatum. He's three to four times more owned than Sabonis. And he should be. Like, it's a better position. He's a better player just in general. They're comparable per minute dudes, but the functionality of Jason Tatum is way easier to get to. And then just on his same team, I, I think you have to prefer Fox to Sabonis just positionally. And right away, he just becomes pinched in relationship to everybody else. But... He's a guy that if he really, if you knew he was 8%, I just feel like I would want 16 in a tournament like today. Just if the way that I can get different is at the quality players and not the shit dudes, that just feels like a good thing to do on a day like today. Yeah, like I I agree with you. I would love to run this later and be like, oh, I'm 3X in the field on Demonis Sabonis. It's yeah. two games late. He's 10% owned. Like that's how I'm different. That would be a lot of fun. I just yeah. am having trouble doing it. Oh yeah, you and me both. That's just the one when I look at it. He's the guy that I would want to get to that I'm not getting to just because of his role and his name. Yeah. Like that's the, and I understand why it's not happening. This slate sucks. It does. I hate this tournament. The only saving grace, and I'm, I know what's happening right now. I know what I'm about to do. It doesn't seem like any of these teams are ripe for any like fuckery. I mean, the Pacers have half their starting lineup questionable. What do you mean? But, like, we know who the guys are that play for the Pacers. Like, if all the – like, I don't mean – like, if those guys get ruled out, then that's different. But, like, if we just had these teams – like, if all the Q tags are in, none of these teams really, like, jerk people around the rotations oh, right. all that much. Like, we're confident in the guys that are going to be out there. Yes. The only real, like, rotational questions were – how many minutes or how the Boston backup center minutes are split and how many minutes Isaiah Jackson plays. Yeah. And, and who gets booted from the rotation for the Pels. Yeah. Which I think only matters for Alvarado. And I don't think he's going to be the one not playing. So I did not project Alvarado in. He is the guy that I cut. Do I like it? I don't. I was really surprised to see how much they've continued to play Najee Marshall. It felt like Alvarado playing because of Fox made the most sense to me. I just don't have any great feel for it. 
Hawkins seems like the guy that they should cut when they're healthy. Yeah, well, you just hate Hawkins. No, but like if you already have Brandon Ingram and Zion and CJ McCollum available to play in that game, Joe Val to a lesser degree, getting Alvarado to be the defensive guy on Fox makes more sense to me than Jordan Hawkins being like the fourth ball handler. Yeah, well, and that's kind of, that was my thinking when I said that I think Alvarado pl- like plays is he brings a different skill set than most of these other people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I also think that we're live to see all of them play like 10 minutes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, so that's how we have it projected. We have 14 going to Alvarado, 12 to Hawkins, uh, 10 to Zeller, 8.5 to Daniels, 7 to Najee. It's the Daniels one that's weird to me. They haven't been healthy enough to know. But I don't, like, when everybody was basically available but Alvarado was out, Daniels played 12 minutes on the first. He played less than Hawkins, less than Zeller, less than Najee. Yeah, I just don't know. It doesn't feel like they would just X, like remove Dyson Daniels from the rotation, but I guess that's possible. It's a weird night. Article, videos, all that good stuff coming out shortly? Um, No article today, but video will be out. Shit. What, who did I have to talk to to get no parts (laughs) of my content for today? Can I do no prize picks content? I don't want to pick two dudes out of this today and put my undefeated week streak on the line just picking out a garbage two gamers yuck yuck all right so no article but lineup generator videos coming out in a bit yep you and me back for the deeper dive at 5 30 there we go folks thank you for being here interesting opening night to the in-season tournament but hopefully we get a little bit more information later on tonight you're still going to get two hours of live coverage so hit that like button on your way out the door subscribe to the channel notification bell follow us on twitter thanks to mike for producing he's a a better man than jordan right now good luck everybody we'll talk to you later peace